Hi guys, KO here. I have another incredible open mic for you today. We welcome Chloe Barnes. She is a great friend, um, an all around fabulous human that is fierce in her pursuits. Today we're going to talk about race. She is gracious enough to share some of her personal experiences in addition to uh, giving us some insight on how we can open up our minds, change some things that we think are normal, and some inspiration to continue to evolve across the board. Um, lean in all the way to the end when we have, I, I asked her specifically you know, about someone saying, I don't see color, and she gives a phenomenal story, a personal story that I think will really resonate because I think that conversation is gonna happen for a lot of us uh, white humans that need to stand up and speak out. So this is a great one. Chloe, I appreciate you, and I hope we are toasting soon. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm very excited. We have another open mic session with the Chloe Barnes. She has been on, I think it was episode number three of Turmeric and Tequila. So we're welcoming her back. She is a rock star in her own right. Um, I was just telling her prior to recording, she's equal parts fierceness, which I don't even know if that's a word, and fabulousness. Um, she is just steadfast in her word and her energy and her experience, and then open-minded and open-hearted and vulnerable, and it's just, just this really eloquent balance. So I appreciate her as a friend and as a podcast guest for the second time. <laughs> I love that. No, that's so sweet. Thank you so much for, for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to be connected with you and I love your platform and everything that you, you stand for. So anytime I get an invitation to, you know, come speak or chat or really just interrupt your life <laughs> on your podcast, I am, I am there. So thank you for that opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. Dude, never interruption. You know my world. It's a tornado in, in all respects anyways, which we're calming that down a little, but, um, you know, not, not fully there's glitter flying everywhere. Uh, all right. So I don't usually read bios, but I'm going to read Chloe's because this is an open mic session. I want my guests for these to be in fresh head space to talk about what they want to talk about and, uh, not necessarily have to do one more thing. So without further ado, I'm going to do that. And then we're going to jump right in, uh, covering, basically the mindset of, of how things are and how we can be open-minded forwarding some of this conversation around uh, race, systemic racism, and really just working to be better about, um, race in the future and, and how we can move the needle forward in the right direction. So the Chloe Barnes is a Chicago grown and New York known former division one basketball player turned entrepreneur, community builder, writer, speaker, and advocate whose world crashed when she was forced to retire from basketball, uh, from a permanent injury. Determined to prevent other athletes from feeling the confusion that she felt after it was time to leave the game behind, Barnes ran her own consulting agency, L. Grace Consulting, LLC, for three years before she moved to NYC and co-founded The Prolific Company, a social impact organization that connects former athletes to meaningful careers post-sport. Barnes' entrepreneurial work has led her to be named one of Chicago Urban League's next startup participants, one of the country's top sports professionals by Front Office Sports, and one of the youngest professionals to hold national leadership positions at organizations like the National Association of Academic and Student Athlete Development Professionals and Women's Leaders in College Sports. Girl, that <laughs> sometimes I forget how qualified my friends are. <laughs> you had a lot of stuff. I think I got out of my game. Um, you know, it's wild because even as like you're reading it through, I'm like, holy cow, you know, those are all different like phases of life. Um, but I think it's so interesting, especially now to like read or to hear those bios, even the whole time that you were talking, I'm like, 
you know, if someone just reads that, like they really don't have, I don't know, that just seems so far away from me right now. And what I mean by that is like, with everything that's happening right now with uh, talking about like race specifically, like it doesn't matter that I do all of those things or that I've done all these things. Like, because when people see me and I, I walk in the spaces, they just see a black woman. And so I think like as much as these accolades are, are great and I worked really hard for them. I think now more than ever, like it's important that I communicate with people and that they understand that like in the grand scheme of the world, like those things don't really matter, but I am actually a real person like underneath all of those things. And like, I have feelings. Um, and you know, this is a really hard time for, for me and, and for, you know, people like me. I, I actually, I love that. And that wasn't, uh, part of our bland discussion, which we don't really plan on this. Um, but I really love that. And I recently have gone through, I'm not good about LinkedIn, which I should be. And I, we went through it and I was like, damn, I have actually done a lot because I'm getting older. Like we've had some laps around the track, but I'm like, you forget about some of the things and tell me if this resonates with you. I remember like my 18 year old self when I was like steadfast on getting into a top 20 D one lacrosse program. And I played Colorado lacrosse, which didn't compare to anything else. So I was already shooting for the stars. Uh, but like my 18 year old self, I've almost had to get back to over the years because that was like, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, you know, you're not jaded by some things of the world yet. Um, but that, that, you know, conviction when you're young, I've, I've had to almost travel back to that. So as I was reading through my LinkedIn, I was like, okay, you know, you need, you do need to walk around a little bit different. You've done a lot of stuff. Like we've done yeah. laps. Um, were you like that at 18 or as a young human? You know, as an 18, when I was like a young human, I think I was so focused is that you had mentioned on, on basketball. And that's actually like one of my larger regrets is that I was so focused on like this goal of playing division one basketball at all costs, regardless of what happens. Like it cost me school dances. It cost me boyfriends. It cost me just like normal high school experiences. And I think now as an adult, like I wish that I had kind of tempered that a little bit. Right. So like there are parts of my 18 year old self that was like, girl, like I wish you would have just chilled out, but there's other parts of my 18 year old self that was just like so optimistic and so fearless that like I could do anything that I wanted. And like, I was just going to figure it out. Um, and I was figuring myself out along the way. So it's interesting. Like to your point, I think I am actually kind of back there. Cause I was just starting college. I was just kind of like reconnecting with myself, having just grown up in like an all white environment and now being, you know, around people of color that like I wasn't exposed to before and like discovering what it means to be me. And then like fast forward through college and like business school and all this stuff, like you're so focused on everything that you're trying to accomplish that like you kind of forget to like check in with yourself. And now all these things are coming up and I'm really starting to like go back to 18 year old me and like, okay, like, who are you really? Like, it's this whole new process of like rediscovery and trying to balance, you know, Chloe, the professional and Chloe, the, the person and Chloe, the partner and Chloe, the sister and like, you know, Chloe, a woman of color and like what that means. And like, it's crazy. I, it really is. And I, uh, I also really liked, you know, we do wear we wear all these hats and it's hard to figure out at this point in time, which one to wear when, and why am I not wearing them all of them all the time? And I think that's also a relevant conversation, but I liked when you said, you know, as because you've been deep in the corporate game for many years and have really worked your, your way up, but you do lose like that, you know, sense of identity. And then like branding becomes disconnected from the human. When you work with startup companies, it's like, it's human. It's very humanized because you're on the front lines when it's your company. Corporate wise, it's all these protocols and, you know, filters and PR companies. 
But the more I'm working with companies on my end as a consultant, the more companies are really trying to humanize things. So this is one positive I see in the shift of how consumers are consuming. They want to see the human behind the brand. They want to see why are you making, you know, pop puff crisps a certain way for kids and why are you doing this corporate initiative this way because they want to see the the voice behind the curtain of what's going on um and that's why i'm excited to see what your where in life you turn next because i think your voice your experience from you know your childhood to your collegiate athletic experience to corporate experience after you know provides such a perspective that can be shared with the world um so i'm excited to see how that is but i love hearing that you want to bring some human space to corporate world. Please do that. Man, I am, you know, I am trying every single day and it's really hard because I think you get to this point of like, you know, conformity and thinking that like it has to be either or. And I think for that, like having worked at a, a tech company, I think that like being able to show up as like my full self at work, I think was actually really, really empowering for me. And like realizing that like, because I wear my hair curly or because I show up in a different way, like doesn't mean that like my ideas are any less valid, that I'm any less intelligent. And like, it actually just gives me space, you know, to be myself. And I think what is exciting about what's happening now, and, and we'll get into kind of like how all that happened and whatever, but like, at least a positive, I think for me is that people are starting to recognize that like, that's okay, you know, to show up in those spaces and it should be celebrated. And that makes um, business places better when people are able and capable to, you know, show up as, as who they really are, um, and, and can have support in doing that. Even if that support comes from people that like, don't look like them. Like, I think that's, that's huge. Well, and I, and I think obviously now more than ever, that is forcing this conversation to happen. Uh, not necessarily here. Cause thankfully, uh, we've talked about this or something in, in some capacity before. So it's happening in little pockets, but now it's like, a main conversation, I hope anyways. Um, yeah. We're starting to, you know, intentionally move this needle forward, get uncomfortable, have these conversations, and then really take time um, as white people to sit down and be like, okay, what am I thinking? What am I, what do I need to be doing different? What, what is it that I, I is my normal that I'm actually isn't normal or shouldn't be? And how do I consciously unpack that and be conscious of doing things the right way. Um, mm -hmm. Chloe had sent me a really cool picture. I'm pulling it up now. I'm sorry. It wouldn't be a meme. What would this be called? Just, a I graphic. think it's a, we'll just call it a graphic. A graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not a meme. I don't mean it like that. Um, yeah. no, no, no. I think it's a graphic. That's yeah. Kind graphic. of a picture whatever graphic works for me. I'll post it. Well, I'll post it when I post the cast. Um, but it's, it's, it's entitled anti-racism fixed growth mindset. And it kind of gives two, two sides to the chart. It's fixed in comfort, kind of like why your excuse for not wanting to evolve happens. And then how you can open your mind to that evolution and growth. Is that a good breakdown? Yeah, no, I think that's a great breakdown. And I think like why this is so important for me right now and to talk about it is people spend so much time as they should, like talking about these really, really large, seemingly like unpalatable and to be honest, like unfixable issues, whether it's criminal justice reform, whether it's racism, whether it's gender inequality, education access, you know, these huge, huge, huge problems that when you look at it from that perspective, it can become really, really daunting. And I think as people like, 
we're conditioned to want to solve things and want to try to make stuff better. So if you're constantly uh, approached with these issues that seem insol- like unsolvable, you a lot of people tend to just kind of come back to a place of comfort and then they don't do anything. Yeah. And so I think what's really important is that people in general, I mean, I even, you know, I'm a part of this chart in like certain areas in which I have privilege as well. Like people in general, like can actually do small things to like help make this larger issue um, more bearable for a lot of different people. And I think like, it's more so about just knowing what those tools are and like actually having actionable things that you can do um, that make a big difference. And so that's, you know, why I sent in, that's why I want to talk about it. Cause it's like, it's not always like the big issues. It's really like, what are the small things that I can be doing in my day-to-day space that like actually is going to contribute to like helping eradicate this larger problem? Completely agree. I mean, we basically have to be brand ambassadors for change and Mm -hmm. that starts with our own behaviors and really checking in. And we were also talking before the cast started about, you know, getting back to like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to be a uh, CEO or a coach or a leader or be in any position of influence, you, we have to continuously get back to, you know, checking in with ourselves and being like, okay, what do I need to heal? And what do I need to change? And I was telling Chloe, I've spent basically the past year and a half really trying to like, you know, fill the potholes in my own space of like, all right, what do we got to unpack? What do we got to do? And I think this is another practice of that, of like really digging in. And then you find things like, I didn't even know that I did that. I didn't even know that was an issue until I started to unpack stuff. And it's really, really hard. Um, but on the flip side, I will say of everything, I, every hard piece I've had to unpack, it's hard in the moment. And then I look back and I'm like, you know, it wasn't that bad. And thank God it happened when it did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's so, so huge. And I think even your ability to want to, want to unpack that stuff and like, want to be better. I think this is a true testament to who you are as a person. So I commend you for that. Cause that work is hard and it's unglamorous and like, it's uncomfortable as someone that's currently, you know, on that, on that journey, um, herself. But, you know, it's really difficult. And like, before we kind of like dig into this graphic, like I do want to share like as much, I sent it to you, but like, I actually got this from my sister. And so what's important, I think in that particular regard, my sister is not African-American. She is white. She's three years younger than me. We have the same birthday. She's a teacher in St. Louis. Um, and she has blown me away with her ability to engage in topics of conversation. Like she grew up in the same place as me in a very small, all white town, very, you know, sheltered. She, you know, went to school in St. Louis. Like she had every single opportunity to like not engage in these conversations. Um, and I've been blown away by her ability and her willingness to be uncomfortable, to seek information, to stand up for other people and to like occupy spaces to make other people better. Um, and it wasn't anything like, you know, that's a different conversation. It wasn't anything that I ever asked her to do. Like we've, our whole family has a very interesting dynamic and it's something that like she and I had never really spoke about um, until recently. And so, you know, I get most of my stuff that I post on Instagram and these resources and things like from her. And so I share that to say, like, it is very, very possible. Should you choose to like engage in whatever way makes sense for you? Um, and by her, you know, engaging and doing that, like the stories of other people who have been able to, you know, benefit from her resources, people that, you know, comment on my page or people that comment on her page and like the amount of education she's been able to provide people, um, is amazing. And I'm like, so proud of her for that. But like, I definitely wanted to like shout that out. Um, cause I think it's important to like acknowledge that that is happening in communities. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. And you guys have the same birthday. That's amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, no, she's three years younger than me. It's like very, it's very weird. So not twins, but the same, um, the same birthday, same birthday, same heart, different skin tones, same nose. Like we stand by each other, you can definitely figure that out. Um, Wait, what'd you just say? (laughs) I said said, same heart, um, different skin tones, but same nose. Like we stand by each other, we have a good nose. I'm gonna have to see a picture now. Maybe I'll. Um, yeah, I'll send you one and you can uh, post that actually with the, the piece. Um, she came to my first Black Lives Matter rally with me, actually. And there's a really cool picture of the both of us. Um, oh, that's there. Too. I think so. it's it's a, it's awesome to have, you know, to have impact and worldwide reach or whatever. But when it's in your own family and you feel that from people like obviously, you know, and you're super close to, I think that mm-hmm. sense of support is the most important I really do, or the most impacting for you as an individual, because that's what you came from. And as you know, we all want our families to see us and understand us. And I mean, I think, I mean, all my brothers were from the same parents. We look actually too similar. Um, and we have different (laughs) points of view and like different ways approaching things, but I care so much what they think, even though they're, they're wild Mm -hmm. animals. Um, (laughs) you know, that matters. So that, that warms my heart that that experience is, uh, has come to light and it's, it's probably, I'm assuming shaped your relationship for the better. Yeah, no, it definitely has shaped our relationship for the better. Um, and I, what I think though is also important to communicate is like, as much as my sister is like on that particular spectrum, there's also members of my family that are not, you know, grew up in that same environment, have a lot of the same, um, you know, or may not have a lot of the same willingness to kind of engage in that space. And to be honest, like a lot of them are like, because they had me, you know, like, well, I loved you. Like, I never really thought that like, I had to check any of these things because I knew that like, I loved you. So I knew like, I wasn't racist. So like, you know, it doesn't matter or like, wow, like I, I loved you and I do love you, but like, I don't really know what to say. And I don't want to make you upset or like, you know, I hear people talking about this stuff and like, you know, it isn't really my issue. Like I'm not in the place to say anything or, you know, like, am I really going to make a difference? Or like, am I just going to upset, you know, some of my friends and like other people, or, you know, I don't want to get it wrong. And then like have people like make fun of me or like say the wrong thing. And a lot of other people, not even just in my family, I just use the comparison with my sister to kind of show like the spectrum, but like, even in my friend group and people I grew up with, people I went to college with, I went to a predominantly white institution, like they've all said versions of that same thing. And like what's caused them to like not say anything is that this sense of, you know, comfort and like staying in that particular zone. And like, when you don't show up, like that to me is, is worse sometimes. And like, you know, I don't know. I, I actually take that back. Just not showing up is a problem. That is the worst. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, it is, I mean, in general, like race is hard to talk about, but just showing up in general to like try out for basketball or try out or, I mean, showing up is hard. And I do think single-handedly one of the most important things you can do in life in general. Um, but then you add in hard conversation and then you add in with somebody that you care about. Uh, -hmm. even myself as a white person, I had hesitation around this podcast because I'm like, Ooh, my family's going to hear stuff that they, they probably don't want to hear. They don't need to hear me drink yeah. on the mic. They don't need to, let alone some like actual, like really hard topics. But then again, mm-hmm. I'm like, do you not say something? And you have to know at any point in time, when you do put your voice out there, there's going to be people that disagree. There's going to be people that like, mm-hmm. okay, now I don't. And that's just what it is. But you can't yeah. mute your own voice because of what you think. Cause then you're doing the disservice to everybody that does need to hear it and is a fan or, you know, does relate 
you're, you're missing out on that community entirely. And that's kind of the point. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I think, I think that's spot on. And I think the whole piece about muting your, your voice, um, specifically with non people of color, I think that's, that's so, you know, it's so sad. And I think what people don't necessarily realize that we spend a lot of time, especially now talking about like white privilege and like what that looks like and how that shows up in spaces, but like also like your ability to not say anything, like that's also a form of privilege because you not saying anything doesn't necessarily impact you. You not saying anything, you know, doesn't necessarily change like how you move through the world or like how people view you. Um, and I think when you look at, again, like this larger construct of privilege, like know you as a, you know, 35 year old white male from like middle America, you may not singularly be able to uproot, you know, systems of oppression that have been in place for hundreds of years, but you can leverage the privilege that you benefit from to be able to, you know, lean into a conversation, to be able to acknowledge the experience of other people, to be able to acknowledge the fact that you're going to make mistakes, but like still want to seek out resources. Like there are ways that you can leverage your privilege in small ways to make this better for other people. Do you think, I mean, what would be your advice as far as like a good step one? Is it, cause there's a lot, there's, I think there's separate issues to talk about. That's like the underlying issue of being, you know, aware around race, but you know, there is mm -hmm. systemic racism, there's white privilege. There's, you know, I think you kind of need to know a little bit about all things. And I'm still very much on my own journey. Thankfully, some of these conversations have started years ago, which is still way too late, but I have some yeah. <laughs> Intel on it again, evolving on all levels. What would, what would you suggest starting with? Like, would it be white privilege and then you kind of unpack systemic racism or like, what would be like a good starting point? Yeah, I think anytime before you look, I mean, it's the same thing that you and I talked about before, like for our own experiences, right? Like you can't be in relationship with someone, whether it's a job, a person, a friend, whatever, like until you're in proper relationship with yourself. So I always think just like having a general understanding of like what it actually means, like what privilege actually means is, a, is an important place to start. Um, and I think it's also important to like to acknowledge like everyone has privilege, everyone, even people of color, even me, like I'm, I have privilege based on the color of my skin. So it's a larger, a lighter skin complexion than, you know, other people that are also people of color. Like I even have privilege in certain spaces because of my hair and like how I look, you know, and that's also a thing I have privilege because I have a college education. You know, there's all of the, and I say all that to say, like everyone has privileges that it's important for them to acknowledge because that determines like how you show up in the world and how other people see you. So I think for me, like first steps is always just acknowledging like, what are things? And I think you do this a lot by, by listening to other people and opening yourself up to experiences. What are the things like I never would have thought twice about? Like, how do you feel when you get pulled over by the cops? Like, what is your first initial like gut reaction? How do you feel? Or do you even notice when you're walking in a store and like, no one is following you, but a person, you know, of, of color, like someone's following them. Like, have you ever dated someone, for example, and people felt uncomfortable about bringing you around their parents because of the color of your skin? Like, you know, there's just so many things that I think you don't even recognize because there's so like, mu it's so much ingrained in like who you are as a person that like you don't realize. And so I think my first step would be have conversation with people and like ask questions, like, ask questions. And that's the only way that you're going to really start to understand your own privilege. Because until you understand how you show up in the world and like the privilege that you get, there's no way that you can really start to understand kind of how that privilege fits into the larger, you know, issue. Yeah. 
Well, I think as Americans, and obviously there's a spectrum from, you know, different colors, different genders, different different sexual orientation, economic status uh, of how privileged you are. But I think as Americans in general, we get really comfortable being just blind and numb. Like it's, you know, you eat what's simple. You don't really, we don't, I mean, we're starting to ask questions about nutrition and where are things coming from? How's this impacting the environment? These are still like new conversations. Then you bring in race, but we kind of just like, uh, one of my military friends came on and, and we were talking, he's like, we are here to protect the country because so p- Americans can be fat, dumb, and happy. And we can just stay in this mm-hmm. out zone and you do the, you know, kids or high school, uh, college, kids, this, you get a normal job and you just don't think. And we aren't really taught, I think, as a culture, collectively speaking, to be uncomfortable. Or maybe I'm speaking from a white perspective, unless you can tell me where I'm wrong. Um, or it's just this very like, you don't need to stir the pot. You don't need to do this. And that doesn't sit well with my personality in general. Um, And it's just kind of like this, like convenience, like you just do what's convenient. You just go, we don't really talk about the ramifications of some of these shortcuts to maintain that comfortable status. Uh, Does that that Mm -hmm. sound like it's, it's similar? Like, do you see that in America? I see, you know, I can, I definitely see that in parts of America. I don't see that in communities of color for, for the most part, because we've never really been in a position in which we were allowed to be comfortable. There's always certain things that are happening, whether it's our inability to, you know, have access to jobs or housing or access to equitable education or access to proper like food and nutrition. When you look at like food deserts and like other things like that, I mean, that's like a whole other piece. And I think like even the ability to be, you know, uncomfortable or pardon me, uncomfortable is like, it's just always has kind of been because at the end of the day, like you could have all of those things. You could have all of that privilege that you had just mentioned, but at the end of the day, you're still going to walk into a space and like be the minority and like, you can't afford to be comfortable. Um, but like, I think in general, I, I agree with your sentiment. There's definitely sectors of, of people that have been afforded certain privileges to where they don't have to ask tough questions because their universe exists, whether they know the answers to those questions or not. Um, and I was actually watching a service over the weekend um, with my pastor, uh, Carl Lentz, Hillsong NYC, quick shout out to them, but they've been doing like some amazing work um, on the Black Lives Matter front. And like, I've just been so impressed by like how they've shown up for people of color during this time um anyway he had said something he's like you know it comes to a point where like every single person if you're really honest with yourself like you can ask yourself like what do i choose like not to acknowledge like everyone has something that like they choose to intentionally kind of bypass or you know not engage or you know what have you and he was telling the story of how he was out um in new york with his daughter she was like he was younger and um she was they were passing like a homeless person on the street and she had asked it was kind of like her first time you know you know seeing him and she was like you know dad like what do we do you know with like with when we see homeless people on the street and like in new york as i'm sure people know like there's homeless people everywhere and he's like you know it's important that you understand like it's not always necessary like you don't necessarily always have to like give money but like we must always like acknowledge and like acknowledge that they are human beings acknowledge that they are people acknowledge that they have experiences and like just acknowledge their humanity and their existence and like that to me was so profound and I think is very applicable even in this situation is like at the bare minimum you don't have to if 
you know, there's different avenues to like show, show up in this movement. And we can talk about that in a minute too, but like at the bare minimum, I think what people of color are asking for. And again, I don't even like to speak for all people of color. I can speak for myself. What I'm asking for as a woman of color is honestly that people just acknowledge like experiences, acknowledge pain, acknowledge suffering, even if it's like not your own. And I think that's huge. I think that's a really powerful example that can be, you know, easily digested and, and with, with massive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. And I, I think that I really like the undertone of kind of like how you approach one thing is, is probably how you approach most things. So if you are staying in that convenient space and not questioning things, I think you're missing out on this evolving conversation around race that is way overdue that there's probably over shadows maybe in your life with your relationship with your husband or wife or kids. Like, I think some of those things, like if you stay in that buffed out fear zone where I'm just going to keep things safe, you miss out on like the richness of life of like, yes, heartbreaking mm-hmm. and yes, hard conversations. And maybe you and your best friend cry because someone miscommunicated, but then you, on the flip side, it's like doing work with yourself. It's really, really hard. And then it's like, thank God this happened because now I'm in this, you know, deeper relationship, deeper sense of self, I have better friendships. I have, I can show up differently. I work like, like you miss out, like, like an athlete, if you don't go to the gym and suffer and break down the muscle, you can't show up stronger for yeah. the next game. Um, right. And it might run you through the wall, but it's so necessary and it's so worth it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's definitely worth it. And I think, you know, obviously people don't, people are always acting out of their own self-interest. I think we're human beings. Like that's kind of how we're conditioned. And I think that like the more that you can fight against that natural instinct to only think about yourself, but to look at the larger community as a whole and realize that like we are all connected and like to start thinking of like, not just yourself, like you exist in this space and like how you show up also contributes to like how I exist in my space. And like, it is, you know, all connected and like, it actually really does matter. And I think that, you know, that's like, those are the conversations that people are starting to have. And I think that people are starting to realize even the folks that like reached out to me and engaged, um, my phone has literally been blowing up off the hook for the past like month with people like, what can I do to help? How, you know, how can I show up better for you? Like, I'm sorry about, you know, this. And I think for that in general is, is awesome. And like a lot more, um, you know, a lot more than like has been done in the past. But I think like what I'd also encourage people to do is, and something that I, again, like commend my sister for is like taking the time to also like think intrinsically, like, what can I do differently? Like, how can I learn? Like, what resources can I seek out? Like, what can I watch? There's literally a whole entire continuum on Netflix right now. That's literally just dedicated to like movies to help you not even understand because you can't understand, but like empathize, I would hope in the way like the black experience and like, you know, start there, like just start by wanting to like educate yourself and to try to find a different perspective. Like, I think that's even like, just start. I think that's so huge. Cause I mean, it's, again, it's convenient where here we are as Americans, yeah. uh, white American, it's, it's right there. It's, it's me to contour where it's at. I was talking, um, with Raven and even, um, Fionn, he does my audio that I, I don't know if this is secret knowledge. He can edit this out if it is, but working on apps about like streamlining this process to make it convenient to be like, where are black owned businesses? What is this? Um, Avery mm-hmm. Renee podcast goal. She's amazing. Uh, I just watched 13th, which I should have watched a long time ago. And, uh, the, the, the park five, um, central park five, you you need to watch these things. And of course it's, it's a movie, but the way you can now lean into some of these 
experiences that have happened that have been happening that are continuing to happen when you see it, it it's just such a different experience and again we're so late on so many of these conversations but i do think it's happening and our young people are digesting it and you already know i'm super passionate about disrupting the dollar and Things aren't going to change until we start changing where this money's coming from and where it's going to. And I even to hear you say like, let's humanize the brand because our kiddos, our consumers are saying, who's behind this? What's happening? Like, where does this mm-hmm. package good go? How do we eliminate food deserts? Like, why isn't this like things that is changing? And I, I, I commend social media and film and technology to streamlining some of those conversations because the, the resources are out there. Um, yeah. Yep. No, a hundred percent. Like the resources are out there and you know, I've like, I've heard you say a few different times now that, and I respect you a hundred percent for saying that, but like even like 13, like, man, like I should have watched that a long time ago, man. Like I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that. And I think acknowledging that is huge, but like, I also want to take this time and like the platform to recognize like people of color. And again, like speaking for, I'll just start speaking for myself. Cause I don't also like this narrative, but like I, one black person can speak for like all black people. Like that's actually not how it goes. Like we all have very like diverse and, and, and different experiences. So I'll just speak from, from my lens. Like for me personally, I would rather someone show up and make an effort and possibly like make a mistake or say the wrong thing or what have you than like not show up at all. I would rather you come and say, Hey, like I watched 13th, like, man, like I know I should have like watched this before. Like, Hey, like I, you know, not you particularly, but like, man, like I recognize that like, I really liked your curls today. And like, I tried to touch them and like, shit, like I should not have done that. Like, you know, I think what people just want is like an acknowledgement. They don't want you to be rid of mistakes because people aren't perfect. I think they just want people to try. I want people to try. And so I just want to like make that known is that yes, as much of these conversations like should have happened before. And yes, like as much as I would have loved for all these people to be banging down my door and wanting to talk to me about these issues, you know, further, like before I would rather people have done it now than not done it at all. And I would rather people show up imperfectly than not show up at all waiting to be perfect. I thank you for saying that. I, I mean, I genuinely appreciate that. And I appreciate hearing it because I'm, I'm here just again, speaking for myself and myself as, you know, the blonde emoji, I, and I won't be the voice of all white blonde people either. Um, I, I'm okay making mistakes. This podcast started out very flawed. All I cared about was that it was authentic and raw, but I, I still now, especially I'm blessed to have many friends of color. I care now, or I, I guess I feel like I have more fear now of being flawed and saying the wrong thing. Cause not only is it not the time to be doing that, it's, it, it, these are my friends. These are people I genuinely care about and love and value their space in this world. So it's, I'm almost on like more pins and needles than ever. That being said, you know, it's never going to meet my conversation. It's never going to pull me back from saying things, but it's more of a consciousness now than ever. So I, I do, even though I know that's in the back of my mind, I would never not show up. I, I appreciate you saying that and, and me hearing it repeatedly because it's still like, I love these humans and I'm, I, the last thing I want to do is make it worse, hurt them more, do, do the wrong thing. And I know that like life, I'm going to show it flawed. I'm going to do it wrong. And even embracing that, knowing like, Oh, this is going to be two steps forward, one step back. Um, it's Mm -hmm. hard. So I, I just, I don't know. I appreciate you saying that. And we also don't need to, you know, fully dip into white fragility and that whole conversation. Cause that's not (laughs) me saying this. Um, we're here to run through the wall. But it's, you know, it's your people you care about. Like this, this is my family, like my crew, like we've had, you know, hours long. So I don't know. We just, 
we want to show up. Yeah, no, I get, I get that. And I think too, like, actually, I mean, the, even the white fragility piece, like that's something that's like showing up in, in my family right now that I've, I've had, I've had to get more comfortable with saying, you know what, like I'm making these statements and like, it's not my responsibility to control like how you react to them. I know it doesn't do me a service and it doesn't do other people a service to mute my responses or my feelings, like make you feel comfortable. And I think like that, even for me, again, to your point, like as someone who loves other people and like loves my family and you know, is like super engaged that are super happy that they're like engaging in this way. Like that's also something that like I'm trying, you know, to try and, and, and work on. Um, so I think as much as it's important for me to like lean in and say, you know what, like, it's not, it's my job to speak my truth. It's not job. To, it's not my job to make you comfortable, but also a part of my truth is like recognizing the fact that, you know, there are people that love me. There are people that like want to show up and like do better and like giving people the space to do that and to do, to give people that space of like grace um, is I think a, an important part of, of who I am and like how I would expect people to treat me, you know, if I'm trying to learn and be better, because again, like I have my own stuff, you know, that I'm working on right now too. Well, we are all humans. And I, and again, we are specifically discussing race and I hope this stays relevant for forever. Um, but I, uh, there's so many like deep undertone life skills in all this, like showing up, getting uncomfortable, being, don't mute your voice. I mean, like basic, this can be applicable, I think to any hard conversation showing up in work and knowing when it's the wrong situation and you need to stand and be like, actually, this isn't okay. You know, they, these things don't work. Like these are things we need to make changes on all levels. So we are happier as humans. And then we can continue to further evolve around specific things. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally, I agree with you. And I think the important distinction that, you know, sometimes gets frustrating for me, but I I think you kind of touched on a little bit is like, you know, we, even though something may not necessarily impact you, like we are all connected, like we are all human. And like, I think this, what you're seeing now, this black lives matter movement specifically is like, this, we are not living in a time in which these things like are political. Like it's not like a political issue because there are a lot of people that again, like thinking through like comfort and growth mindset, they're like, well, I don't get involved in politics. Like that is like not my thing. I think like being able to start to distinguish like policy and people is like very, very critical right now because like this is not a political issue. Like people are actually dying. There are things that are happening that are, you know, contributing to that and like to not address them, um, and choosing to kind of push everything into like a political space and to not lean into the fact that like, you know, we're all here trying to figure it out. Like, I think that's, I think that's important. Um, and so, you know, to your point that you had like made earlier, you know, like we're all trying to, to do the best that we can and figure it out, but like, it is our responsibility to, to lean in and like, understand that this is a, a human issue. And like, we're all, a, we're all a part of it, Yeah, you know? So this is not the part where you declare your run for presidency. Every time I'm on here, every time I'm on I know here, I'm just going to beat you down. You know, um, you know, I will say, and, and it's funny because I spent, I'm on my like Chicago staycation, you know, trying to get my, my mind right. I'm like doing my own little personal retreat because that's what you do when you're an adult and like just need a break from, from life. But anyway, I finally watched, I'm behind, I finally watched the Becoming documentary on Netflix that like Michelle posted. And obviously like, it was everything and like super inspiring. And I think like we had spoken before the podcast kind of about like getting that magic back. Like there's something, and I know this is like contradictory because I said, it's like not political, but like, I'm not talking about this in a political space. There's something so comforting about knowing that like her and Barack are like out there in the world, like trying to just do better without like has nothing to do with politics, but just like trying to make the space that we all occupy 
like just better for people. And I think that like, there's something very inspiring and comforting about that. Um, and especially the work that they do in community for like advocacy and, you know, empowering people to like make changes in their own community. Like, I think that's huge. Um, I agree. So yeah, yeah, that's, I think that could be me someday. I don't know. Well, well I, you know, Chicago's deep political group is putting that out there as well, you know, deep disruption points, just saying. I know. I'm there. I'll add you to the list of people that I that talk to me about that on a regular basis. It's not out. And that's something I think like I always kind of keep coming back to and coming back to and coming back to. And, you know, God will continue to move in the ways that he needs to move until he puts me in a position or until I reach the position that he needs me to be in to like impact change. So I hear that. who knows? There's a possibility that that could, you know, that that could happen at some particular point in time. And all things, the other, yeah. I, you know, well, all things in due time, but I will say this, my light just went out. I hope that's not a metaphor. Um, we, we, uh, and God, presidential, I I think it's, you know, I I was fortunate to see Michelle in person when she came to Denver with one of my really good friends who's a teacher and I'm so glad she's on the front lines and, you know, has the heart space she does. Shout out to Paula. Uh, And she was amazing, of course, you know, Michelle. And I love that you call it like Michelle, like, you know, my friend. Yeah, I know. I like call myself. I'm like, wait, like she should be like Mrs. Obama, but like I just, I don't know. I feel like that's just a part of her charm is that people feel like they know her, you know, like something that's like real and tangible. Like, oh, I could, I could do this, or I could be her. Like, I could be like her. You know, it's, it's a gift. She's, she's an icon. I completely. And maybe you're putting into universe that it will be on that friendship level at some point. So we're just gonna lean it all the angles. I will say I'm kind of glad. Like, obviously, I much rather him be back in presidency right now, but we'll say that for another podcast, um, that he and the whole family is out of the white house. So they can do more of these humanitarian efforts yeah. and be more of like humans. They don't have to get, you know, a garden approved by 57,000 people. And, and they can kind of just do impact in a different way, go on a tour, right. Do all this stuff. Um, so it's kind of a yeah. double sword. And I, as much as I encourage you to do the political thing, I don't know that I would fully wish that white house experience on you because you know, you it's give and take, you got to mute some things and I don't know about all that. So yeah, no, it's, it's tough and it's definitely a, a back and a forth. I mean, not even on the, like the, the national level, I think this pandemic in particular has like solidified this intense feeling that I have and passion for like local government. And like, cause you see like how governors show up, how your mayor show up, like how, you know, your, um, your superintendents of police show up like that actually, to be honest, depending upon who you ask, like is what impacts like your day-to-day life, you know, more so than, than other places. Places. And I think like this pandemic and even a lot of the things that are happening in regards to like protests and whatnot um, and the laws that have been passed as of late, like local government matters in on such, such a large, large, large level um, that, you know, it, it's important. And like there's opportunity there too. Um, still with scrutiny, but I think like those jobs are, you know, equally as equally as important, um, you know, and necessary. I think it's huge. It's so funny. We, I think we spend a lot of our time trying to get away and go do the big thing. And then you get back to like your local community and you see like how much 
I don't even want to say grassroots because it's bigger than that, but like these local efforts are. Um, and something that, you know, that when you said this resonated that Michelle Obama said that it was one of my favorite quotes. It was so simple. She goes, it's hard to hate things up close. And so, you know, if you do have a diversified group of friends or you're seeing, you know, all walks of life or, you know, whatever, sexuality, economics, what have you, you have this space of empathy because it's now your family, your friends, your community, and you look at things different. And so I just really like that. If, if you grow up in like a really rural community, community and you haven't seen things and then you go to the city and you start to view people of color different or whatever, cause you never had that experience mm-hmm. that up close and personal situation, I really do think can change a person's mind. And, you know, even if they're older and they're set in their ways, once it's in front of you and it's real, it really does change your experience and your viewpoint. So, yeah, no, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's, um, you know, just from my own experience, I think that's also probably a part of why I've taken the approach that I've taken. Um, and I recognize that that's also, um, you know, a part of my own privilege. And what I say, like the, the stance that I've taken is like, I've been able to be in so many different spaces where people, like a lot of people have told me, like, I'm, for example, like the first like black person that they've ever met in like their life or that they've ever seen, or like the first black is hard to believe, like the first black, like women business owner, or even in like some, you know, different spaces. Like I was the first women's basketball player that they saw that like painted her nails and like put on makeup before she played because they expected, you know, basketball players to be like, you know, super, like there's all, my point is that there's all of these like preconceived notions of like how people should be, but until you actually meet them to your point and engage with them, um, you just, you don't know, and you don't give yourself kind of the opportunity to, you know, to do that. Um, now then that also doesn't necessarily like dispel the fact to my point earlier, like just because you have a black friend doesn't mean that you can't necessarily have like racist tendencies just because you have, or like, you know, do things that are hurtful. Like, I think it's important to remember that piece, but yeah, by and large, like I agree with you a hundred percent is that you can't like, it's hard to hate things that like you see up close because we're all a lot more connected than we even realize. And I think like, that's what they do so well in their humanitarian efforts is like tell stories because then it becomes not about like the color of your skin. Like it just becomes about your experience as a human. And like, that's, that's like what I truly, truly feel like bonds people. And that's the richness of life that, that keep us really and getting it. That's what we all really want. Like the packaging is really so irrelevant and I'm not dismissing the importance of the conversation at all. I'm just saying it's like one piece of the puzzle, um, where you can look very, very different from someone and have so much in common and then look very similar and have nothing in common. Um, Right. And have nothing in common. Yeah. I think that's also something else that people are starting to realize, like not all, you know, black comes in a lot of different shapes, sizes, colors, like ethnicities, uh, backgrounds, or like, it's all different. Like there is not one experience that is, you know, someone said, I think it may have been Amanda Seals. Yeah. She's, she's actually really funny. Um, but she says something like something super interesting that resonated with me, you know, like every experience is a black experience unless it's Mm anti-black. Like black looks different depend upon a whole bunch of different experiences and you can't ever claim to like have the the market on a black experience. I think the only time it becomes, you know, negative or like not black or what have you is, is when it's detrimental to helping, you know, move this, this group forward. So I like that for what that's worth. I got a lot of shout outs today. Like this has been like super interesting. You know, that's what quarantine has done to me. I've just been like 
pulling in all these like different resources. I'm like, I gotta tell someone about this. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Well, like, thank you for all that. I think that's that's good. I mean, of course, you're one of those humans. It's like, oh, there's time off. What can I learn? What can I do? Versus like, yeah, right. right. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to do better. And I, no, think, dude, my like, point was, you are, yeah. you are doing better. That's, that was the point. <laughs> you are doing the work. You should just eat. I'm trying to do. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just, I've always been like such like, again, you know, people see me like, Oh, she's an athlete. She's like a, a business owner. Like I can come in and people laugh at me all the time. So I'm always like very, very direct. And like, I will tell you exactly what I think and I'll communicate very directly. Um, but there's also like this larger part of me that's just like such an empath, like, because I think my story personally is like so dynamic and so varied. Like I've always just been someone that like appreciated and learning more, but more specifically about people and how they relate with each other and like how experiences shape like existence in the world. Like, I think I may have been on the first podcast, but like, I love like sitting on subways in New York, like pre COVID, <laughs> but like, just like watching people and like seeing how they engage. Like, I think that's fascinating fascinating. Um, but anyway, kind of like pivoting, I think the last like point that I really wanted to make before we hopped off is, and you had actually touched on it, you know, like the Obama's now no longer being in the white house, but like still having this huge, huge, huge opportunity to like impact and create change. Um, and that looks different. That looks like their foundation. That looks like the stuff that they're doing on Netflix. That looks like, you know, their speaking engagements. And I think what's important to know is like, there's different ways for people to engage. Like just because there's protests going on doesn't necessarily mean that you have to protest. Like there's so many different lanes to like help move this, this movement forward. And they're like, they all matter. Whether it's like calling, you know, your local politician or, um, you know, engaging in, in a protest or not, or having a conversation like this, or, you know, even the smallest things like checking someone in your friend group, you know, that like, is saying something ignorant. Like, I think that there's different roles that everyone can play so much. So, and they're all equally important so much so that like, there's not an excuse for someone not to do something because it all matters. It's all relevant. Like I'm not in a space and I can admit that like, I haven't been out, you know, going to protest. But what I have been doing is having these conversations. I've been building a business that's like black owned, that's helping, you know, other people of color find like meaningful careers and jobs. I've been educating my, you know, my family, you know, I've been like, I've been doing all of these different things. And like, that's my way of showing up and like that matters. And so I just think it's important for people to know that like, you don't necessarily have to be protesting and on the front lines. And while that's important and I commend the people that do that. And while I have been at my fair share of like protests and rallies, like different seasons of life, like call for different things. And I think that every one of us has like our own superpower and our own way to like show up and make this better. And I think like, it's just important for people to really sit and think like, you know, what privilege do I have? what have I been choosing not to see? And like, what is like at least one thing that I can do in my community or even nationally, if you want, like to make this better. And I think that's like, what's important because it all matters. I agree. I always say the little things, you know, are the big things and like the little practices, the little self check-ins. Um, and it's a, it's a continuing process, which I think is a good life skill in general. Um, but I do love, I, I mean, I just got to bring it back to you for a second because I love that you do have like this fierce directness and then yet like this deep empathy and that's what we need running our country. But 
I think it's it's a really like hard earned collective balance between learned skill set, natural personality, and just like your genuine gifts. And that's kind of you know this fabulous tornado that you are. And so it's been nice to see over these past you know I think few years. I know you for like three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. By. Um, yeah. But yeah, but you kind of like apply these energies to whether, you know, to work, what have you activism. Um, it's been really cool. So I'm happy to lend the mic, the ear, whatever I can to voices like yours. Um, because I know the, the, the wealth of experience and knowledge and empathy you bring to the table. And it's more of what our young humans need to see our older humans, people, my age that do Botox. You can't tell, I hope. Um, that, um, <laughs> <laughs> the people need to see. So uh, I appreciate you for coming on. I did have one example, and I'm going to let you run because I'm going to be mindful of your energy. I was sitting down with a, a group of my friends, and we'll keep it general here just because um, I always want to share my voice, but everyone else can share their own. And it, it's a group of, you know, white females. And honestly, my friends at this point are genuinely diverse. And so I think it had been a minute when I, since I had been around all white women. And we're sitting there, we were talking about, uh, and I, this is this was like six months ago, so before I, all of this was really coming out. Um, and our waiter was a person of color, and we somehow got talking about um, race and if if you should say I see color or not. And I was like, and I. Mm-hmm. thankfully a beagle and i've been around some things where the knowledge is happening i'm like oh I'm like nope you see color you need to acknowledge it and we had this conversation mm-hmm. and it was a refusal to acknowledge that and i actually think they thought i was more of like the quote-unquote racist person because i said i do see color and acknowledge it and it was and i just wanted to know you know and i think i handled as best i could again this was a while ago and i, I would have done some things different and i'm okay speaking out but do you have something specific where you're like a way of managing that conversation because I think that's going to happen a lot right now, like that conversation specifically. Mm -hmm. And I think some people, maybe white or people of color, I don't know, will say, I refuse to say that because I think that's worse than saying I see color. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. And I think that, um, kind of to the point that I made earlier about, so many people, and again, just speaking from my experience, show up in my life and are like, you know, I love you. Like, I don't see color. Like, you're just Chloe, you know? And I think that as well-intentioned as that is, I think that there's a huge misnomer about like what that actually means for people. And I'll put it into context of, of my own personal story. You know, when, when I grew up and people, you know, called my hair nappy or people didn't, you know, understand why, like, I remember literally first grade, this is so wild. I remember this because like, I've had six concussions and like, I don't remember a lot um, from basketball, but like, regardless, anyway, so I remember going into my first grade class and it was Martin Luther King um, junior day. And I remember we were like going through, you know, some of the history or whatever. I was the only person of color in the class. And, um, I remember the kids were like, you know, making fun of me. They were just like, well, why are you here? Aren't you supposed to be out like this day? Like, I don't understand why we have to celebrate this day. Like first graders, like mind you, like first graders, like can actually be mean. And so much to the point where like, I'm this little girl, like, I don't know what's going on at that point. Like I was so young. Like I kind of started to like recognize that I was different, but it's like the same thing that like you talk about kind of with like with women, like I was also a little overweight when I was younger. Like I didn't realize I was overweight. Like I was just like having a good time, you know, like I didn't realize I was different than people. I was just like existing in this space. 
And so I remember like crying so much that they actually like sent me home because I just felt so excluded and, and whatnot. And I remember like sharing this experience with people, you know, recently and non-people of color. And they're like, wow, like that's so unfortunate that that happened to you. You know, back then I was sharing like other experiences too. But they're like, you know, that's really unfortunate that that happened to you. Like, you know, I, I care about you. And like, I just don't see color. Like, a, that's like not even like a thing. Like, I don't even know why they responded like that. And I'm like, I just opened up and shared something extremely traumatic to you. First grade or not, like that shit will mess you up. And like, will actually like sit in your mind for a very long time. I like was afraid of Martin Luther King Jr. Day at school, like literally until I was in high school, because I knew that people were just like looking at me uncomfortably, like, Ugh, like, why do we have this day off? I don't understand. Like, blah, blah, blah. Well, we weren't ever taught. But what I had said to that person, it's like, it's crazy. But what I had said to that person was like, you don't even realize that you're doing this, but like by you, by that being your response, you've just completely discounted my entire experience because like, that's been a privilege that you've had to like, not have to like see color because when people see you, that typically hasn't, you know, completely rendered your experience, your existence, what have you like is a, is like a non-starter, like insignificant, but like, that is how it, it happens, you know, for me on a regular, on a regular basis. And like, that's happened in certain situations that I've, you know, brought up to my family. And I think like, it's people's way of not doing the hard work and being uncomfortable and thinking like, wow, like I may have feelings or I may have done things that like could actually cause harm or like did actually cause harm. It's like a lack of acknowledgement. And I think honestly, like that is the, one of the worst things that you could possibly say to someone is that you don't see color. I think the better thing to say is like, I see color. I rec and I see, and I see color because I recognize that like my experience is different than yours. And like, I recognize that that comes with certain issues and things that you had to deal with that Like I haven't. And for that, you know, I apologize not because I did it, not because I'm responsible for it, not because I'm the one that like helped set up these, you know, systems of oppression, not because I'm the ones that like brought slaves over, but just because you're a fellow human. And like, I recognize the pain and suffering that comes from you just having a different skin color than me. Like, period. So well said. And thank you very much. I, I think it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to breathe through when you do like an academic answer. So when you lean in with a personal story, I feel like that always resonates more. So I appreciate you going there and sharing that. Um, because that's hard. And I just also want to note, man, if you're first grader and you experience this, you know, kiddos have learned this from somewhere. So parents, I, I'm still here for our young people and our parents. I just, I hope that they can recognize things because you're shaping the next generation and that's really where it starts. So that hurts my heart to know first graders are the way they are. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah. It's like so, so, so vicious. But I think that like, that's, you know, to your point, like I think they all learn it from somewhere. And like, I was young at the time and like didn't necessarily realize that. But I think, you know, especially now, like just because your child may not be a person of color, like does not necessarily, does not mean that like, it's not important for them to also know and understand, or at least be able to empathize with the experience of, you know, other people. Um, and I think like that has been the cool thing that I hope are like, people are starting to remember is like, you're seeing these videos on Instagram and Facebook and whatever of like these two kids just like running together and embracing or like hanging out, you know, or like people are finally, like these little kids are finally reunited with their class, like people like post COVID and they're like, you know, so excited. Like that doesn't come from like, they're not, people are not born treating people differently. Like that's, that's something that's learned. That's a learned like behavior. And like, it's all of our responsibility to be able to check and, and address that. Um, because you know, and honestly, like I'm going to have children and I'm going to be a, a mom at some point in time. And it's like, it's my job as a parent to like 
I'm going to have to teach my kids how to engage with people that aren't people of color because that's the world that they live in. Like, it's also important that non-parents of color, like, teach their kids, like, how to engage with people that look different than them. Because, like, that's something we've had to do or I will have to do, you know, for years and years. So I appreciate you bringing that part up. So I think that's a huge, huge piece of our show. humans. And then we'll say media. <laughs> They're watching for another <laughs> but, you know, I appreciate you. I'm so glad you're, you're out there doing what you do and your voice is out there. I know there's such big things to come president or not. I won't bring up CrossFit. Um, but, uh, where, where, where can we find you and feel free if you also want to notate any charities, organizations, or anything else you want anyone listening to check out. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Chloe, C-H-L-O-E, Barnes03. That's really the only platform that I use. I've been using COVID kind of as a chance to like detox from social media because I think, and again, like one thing that I will say as much as um, we've been communicating about like small tactical things that like people can do to make this better. One thing that like I do think is important to acknowledge is like people, especially people of color right now are like, are really tired. Like it's, it's, it's been an exhausting time to like go through this trauma, to deal with COVID, to, you know, do all these things. And now like I have people hitting me up all the time, like asking, what should I do? What's going on? Like what's next? Da, 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 da. And like, as great as that is, like people are also really just like exhausted, you know, it's like, cause we're trying, we're also now subconsciously responsible for educating other people on like how to engage with us. And that becomes really tiring. It's called black exhaustion. Um, I, what I, I, I know how hard you work and to throw in one more thing is almost laughable to me. Cause I know I'm just like, how oh, just let her breathe. <laughs> no, 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 I don't, I don't mean it like that. I, I think my point is like, there's, there, there's resources I post on Instagram and everything, you know, from time to time. But as far as like different things that like you can check out, like there's so many resources out there that are already compiled. Like I would encourage people to, to just start from there. I think if you could do anything, like just take some time at least to initially to like go through the, the pre curated collection on Netflix. I think we all have a bunch of time right now because of quarantine, like sit down and watch the 13th documentary, um, literally changed how I just think about a lot of different things that actually sparked my own, um, engagement and passion amongst other things for criminal justice reform, because you really start to see how it's all, you know, linked and tied together. And to be honest, like the political lean too. So if nothing else, if you want at least one, like start with 13, two, um, there's so many resources out there. So I would encourage people to be self-sufficient and pursue those on their own, as opposed to just leaning on people of color to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, as far as, you know, the opportunity to be on this platform. Like we had mentioned before, there's been a lot of people that have reached out and wanted me to share my experiences or what have you. And like, it was so important for me that this was a two-sided conversation as we had talked about before between, to where it wasn't just me on a platform to where it was us having a conversation as two people that care about each other, respect each other and like want to make the world better because without, you know, without me, like, there's no you without you. There's no me. Like we exist in the same world and like we each have different spaces that we occupy and they're both important to be able to like help make this better. So thank you for one, like creating the space two for creating an opportunity three for just like being open to like having dialogue. Like this is like curated. Like you didn't know what I was going to say. You know what I mean? Like that, like that takes like a certain act of like of bravery in and of itself to kind of put yourself in like the fire or the crossfire, so to speak. Um, and so I think that like that needs to be commended. And I 
you know, had a lot of different opportunities to like say something, but I thought that like this was the right platform and I feel really good about my decision to, um, to use it in that way. So thank you. Thank you. I I received that and I appreciate it greatly. Um, turmeric and tequila where it's new, it's getting out there, but I know it's important and we're going to do some things, but it's only, it is what it is because of people like you. So thank you for that time and energy. And I was hesitant to my ask, even in that. And, and, and now I hope you always know the mic's on now, but down the road, six months from now, a year from now, a project, a passion piece, some graceful disruption. You, I hope you know this is what this is for. And you are always welcome here to voice your messages accordingly. Perfect. No, I'm for it. You know, I love a good platform. I'm always, I'm always down to share some thoughts. That's one thing I always have. My girl. I know. Hopefully next time we're conversing in, in person and sipping some tequila, like the our original podcast. Um, but until then, so much yes. Yeah, no. Until like, as I said, we're standing by, but I appreciate you. I'll be watching digitally. Uh, don't disengage too much. Cause I got to keep up with what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> I'll come back. I'll come back. Soon. Yeah. Yes. And say hello to your entire crew family and, um, your NYC peeps when you see them again. Yeah, no, I will definitely do that and pass along my, my pieces. Most of my family, a lot of my family actually now lives in Denver. So what? once the quarantine is over, I have plans to like make a trip. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm conscious because then I know the family trips, things get busy, but if you happen to have even a half an hour, we'll definitely connect. I thought you had one or two. Things no, happen, but... no, no. Okay. I'll give you at least 45 minutes. Come on. I'm just kidding. Okay. For this cast, we're already over an hour, so I'll take it. <laughs> Jolene, JK, JK. No, I like, I, New York has made me like miss nature. Honestly, like just, I, I've like found a refound connection with nature and hiking and like my boyfriend fishes. And so he's like trying to like get me to do some fishing and stuff, but like, that's not really my thing, but like, it's starting to become my thing, like nature and things. So, you know, Denver is, is not just for family. It's also for me to like, you know, be one with the trees. Yes. Calm out here. And wear some flannel. Probably. And you know, I'm not far from Denver, so we can do city and nature. We can, we can keep this turmeric and tequila. Okay. I'm totally, I'm totally for it, but yeah, let me get off your line. I'm taking up your time. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you. Please keep me posted on everything and, uh, let me know what's next, but also I, I can't know this enough, take time for you. And you know, the next right thing is right on its way. Likewise, girl. Likewise. I appreciate you. You're awesome. Like, thank you for continuing to do the hard work to make yourself better and to make the world around you better. It matters. I see you. Keep it out out here. I'll see you soon. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.